What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 171. And another week of the NFL's in the book. Books, multiple books have been closed here. Um, the usual top fives, the power rankings, the MVP race. Again, pretty interesting. Some more controversy after Dak Prescott, uh, they got smacked in Buffalo. Um, transfer portal's heating up. I got some pieces of my next mock draft and another hypothetical in the NFL world we're doing too, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be going through certain scenarios where if a quarterback was on this certain team this year, how would that team's record be different? Would they be the same? Would they be better? Would they be worse? We've got eight different quarterbacks and eight different teams that we'll be going over for that. So look forward to that in the second half of our episode or near the second half of our episode. But uh, I guess we'll go ahead and get right into it with the opener. My opener has got to be that Jack Jones pick six as part of the 63 to 21 route for the Raiders on Thursday night football against the chargers this past week. The Jack Jones pick specifically was this insane one-handed immediate pick six, which was really cool to see. And just to have him on our team now and the fact that we picked him up as somebody who was on waivers instead of, you know, him getting cut, going through waivers, not getting picked up and then having to sign him means that we get his rookie contract as well, too. So we'll have him for about a million dollars next year and the year after that before he hits free agency. And Jack Jones looks like a stud. And the Raiders were hitting on all cylinders on Thursday night. So it was good to see. Man, congratulations, man. Always good to uh, drop a 60-burger on a divisional rival. Uh, I'm going with Monday Night Football. That was the best thing I saw. Seattle over Philly, 20-17 to 17 last night. Drew Locke has always had a great arm. He was just about putting it all together for four quarters. And you can tell he's doing better. Seattle's defense was locked down. Benching Jamal Adams and Reek Woolen was gutsy as hell, but it paid off, man. They got it done. Yeah, Seattle's that that uh have to do whatever you got to do to win territory right now, and they pulled it off last night and good home game win. So good for Seattle, and we'll move into our traditional AFC, NFC, and MVP top five before we get into our hypothetical scenarios. As I say every time, Skyler, any yeah. honorable mentions that you have for the AFC? Some teams from the South. Indianapolis, Houston, and then Jacksonville. Wanted to make that clear. Those are the teams on the watch. Yeah, I'd say on the watch for me, if I had to choose one, it would be Cincinnati. They've been playing a bit better, even with uh, you know Burrow out and Jake Browning playing QB. But it's been solid in his you know showing so far in his first couple games with him. But uh, moving on to number five, Skyler, who do you have? I have Cleveland here, number five, nine and five, dropping down one spot from last week just because they haven't been dominating like the other four have. Uh, but they've got something figured out with Flacco in the defense right now. Yeah, I had Cleveland in my four spot last week. I have them in the five spot this week. A bit of a scare against the Bears. Obviously, only thing that matters is that you got the W and you came out of there healthy, which they did for honestly like the first time this season is they didn't have any too crazy injuries. Texans on uh, Christmas Eve this week should be a good game. We'll see if Stroud's back. I assume he is, uh, but that's a good test for this, you know, it's good defense up against a quarterback that's been playing pretty well as a young guy. So I like the Browns right now sitting at nine and five, like you said, 
in the five spot in my AFC power rankings on number four. Miami's moving up a spot after killing the Jets without Tyreek. Uh, this one could have been a lot worse. The Jets pulled the starters out at halftime. Miami could have scored 60 or 70 if they wanted to, but I, I think that's because McDaniels like Sala. They've been friends for a long time. But they've got the gauntlet now. Dallas at Baltimore and Buffalo. It's time to uh, prove your worth, Miami. Yeah. Number four for me, flip-flop with Cleveland, is going to be the Buffalo Bills. A dominant win against the Cowboys this past week. That makes two good wins over the Chiefs last week and against the Cowboys, of course, this past couple days ago. Rest of the schedule looks pretty easy. Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins in Week 18 should be the one to look forward to. Uh, but these next two days or next two games should be wins for the Buffalo Bills, and they should be right back in the playoff race at 10-6 and six in a couple weeks from now. Number three. Yeah. Number three, I got Kansas City dropping down a spot here. The offense was better against New England. Keep throwing to the backs. Uh, next up, pissed off Raiders team, Cincinnati, who they could knock out in the playoffs on New Year's Eve. Uh, I, I expect them to win those games. Yeah. Number three for me is going to be the same team as last week. It's the Miami Dolphins. 30 0 victory. Way to bounce back from the hiccup against the Titans and their blown lead in that game. Like you said, Tyreek wasn't playing. They were down a couple other guys as well, too. They played well, and it could have been a lot worse. So good job on the Dolphins. Way to get a victory. And now they got the gauntlet of the Cowboys, Ravens, and the Bills. So we'll see how that oh, goes. Yeah. <laughs> Number two. Oh, Number two, I do have Buffalo up a spot from last week. They won an arrowhead. They come back after that and destroy Dallas at home. They can't be below Kansas City, in my opinion. They just beat probably the second hottest team in the league without throwing the ball. That's pretty crazy. I got them up a little higher. I am too scared to move Kansas City, so I leave them in the two spot. I think that game against the Patriots was not as clean as what it should have been. Uh, Mahomes threw a couple of picks. They weren't down early, but they were just kind of hanging with them until they had, I think, two or three consecutive touchdowns and kind of pulled away in that game. Like you said, next few games, they should probably win, but they're not, you know, just layup games with the Raiders and the Bengals, especially with how this offense has looked in the past, you know, six to seven weeks now at this point. Kansas City might be in trouble, uh, but currently still nine and five. I got them in the two spots still. And then number one, seems unanimous now at this point. Oh, yeah, it's Baltimore. Shut down Jacksonville Sunday night. They've won four in a row now. Uh, they play in San Francisco, Santa Clara, excuse me. Monday night football for the best record in the league. That'll be a fun one. Yeah, the only team in the AFC to have clinched a playoff spot so far this season is the Baltimore Ravens sitting at 11-3, and three, and they are my number one team as well, too. Man, we get a Christmas present with this one. Christmas night in Santa Clara, like you said, versus the Niners. It's going to be a fun one to watch against the two top teams in the league right now. On to the NFC. Any teams yeah. outside of the top five you want to shout out? Uh, we'll go with Tampa Bay. You know, they did something that hasn't been done ever. They put up ridiculous numbers in Lambeau Field in December. And, you know, the Baker's the only quarterback to have a perfect passer rating at Lambeau. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll say the the Bucks uh, as my sixth team if I were to have to say one because that was pretty ridiculous by Baker Mayfield. And I know I was talking to you about this yesterday yeah. about how as somebody who bet on the Packers this past week, watching that game was just infuriating because 
the Packers would win first down and it'd be like second and 19. And the next thing you know, they get 20 yards and it's a first down. And it's just Baker was dealing all day long. He looked amazing. 380 passing yards, four touchdowns. Shout out Baker. Shout out the Bucks. But you're not in the five. Who's your number five? though? I still got the Rams at seven and seven. I, they haven't done anything to warrant being moved out of here. The offense is clicking on all cylinders. Stafford Cup is back like they never left. Kyron Williams is fourth in rushing despite missing over a month this season. You got to take care of business and beat New Orleans so that last playoff spot doesn't come down to if the Niners are resting or not. Yeah. Yeah, I got the Rams in my five spot as well, too. Game against the Commanders wasn't as pretty in the end as what you would like, but it doesn't matter. You still got the W there. Good bounce back week after that tough game in Baltimore that came down to the wire two weeks ago. These next two games, you have to win, though. The Saints and the Giants, you got to be at least nine and seven going into that game against the Niners week 18 because, you know, they might rest their guys. That, you know, probably leads to an easy victory, but if they don't, you're probably losing that game. So you got to be ready come week 18 and you got to win on Thursday night against the saints in in order for that to happen. Number four. Yeah. Well, we got Philly back down at the four spot. Didn't think it would happen this year. Uh, I've said it every week. You can't let that one loss just destroy your season. And they, they did it. They let it happen. Nothing's clicking right now. Uh, The opposite of the Rams on offense. They should have put Seattle away the way they were running the ball for five yards. Every single play. Two horrible picks by Hertz, throws the game away. And uh, luckily for them, they got three tune-up games coming up here, including Danny, sorry, Tommy, not Danny. Tommy Tommy Dimes. Twice. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, Skyler, they got the easy part of their schedule now. And that is what really benefits them because they just went through this six to eight game gauntlet with the Dolphins, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. It's a tough stretch. So to get through that eight game stretch at five and three, the grand scheme of things isn't too bad, but to end it off, you know, losing those last three games is really tough, especially with how it happened. Good thing for them. Like you said, schedule lightens up quite a bit. They should be able to go into the playoffs at 13 and four, uh, 12 and five at the absolute worst. They're not going to get a buy most likely. And they probably won't even win the division. We'll see how that Mm -hmm. goes with the Cowboys, but, uh, Eagles do not look good right now, but they're still the fourth best team in the NFC. So there is that. Yeah. Number three. Dallas, uh, they're they're dropping down because they got absolutely beat down in Buffalo, but they're still looking better than Philly is. They don't have a whole lot of convincing left to do, in my opinion, other than uh, hopefully someday, I guess after week 17, right? They played Detroit, beating Detroit and moving back up over them. Uh, that's that's the only thing left for me. I'm, I'm convinced they're going to be all right. I put Detroit in my three spot. I think, uh, you know, with how their play being as inconsistent as it's been over this past month, it's a bit easier to move them down a little bit. I'll talk more about what I think about Dallas in a minute or so. But a good, great game from the Lions. Sure got five touchdown passes against the Broncos on Saturday night. Now got one of these sandwiches, just like the Eagles do where they face the Vikings, Cowboys, or Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings to end the season off. Should be two victories against the Vikings. And then that came uh, Monday night against the Cowboys should be a lot, a lot of fun in week 17. So that'll determine who's the two and three spot in my 
NFC power rankings, depending on how the games go these next few weeks, of course. But Detroit got back on track against the Broncos, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all on the same page with you, except I did bump up Detroit two spots from last week. The offense has been rolling with Gibbs and Montgomery. And when they can get stops, it makes things easier for Goff, especially. They play Nick Mullins twice. Uh, and Dallas, of course, that, that'll that be the big game for seeding. So we're going to see him in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, for sure. Number two team for me is still going to be Dallas. Really tough game against the Bills. But as we've said this entire season, this is a hiccup. And the first time that they've had this hiccup in, since the Niner game on Sunday Night Football in week five or week six, whatever it was. And they lost to the Cardinals early in the year as well, too. But that was a long time ago. Bills have been playing really good football these last few weeks, or better football, that is. They went into Buffalo and just got slaughtered. Uh, I'm not making too big of a deal of it unless they lose against the Dolphins and then lose against the Lions because it's going to be really tough to you know win the division first off if you do that and have a su- successful playoff run if you're not playing good ball in the beginning of January. And then number one. Yeah, yeah San Francisco, 11-3. and three. Back at the top. Ravens on Monday night. That's Christmas, like we said. Um, Here's the thing. Rams fans are going to like this. I don't think they necessarily have to win 13 games. If I'm San Francisco, the only thing I'm worried about is staying healthy. Yeah. Bye helps a ton. But uh, pretty much comes down to the point where if you win, uh, I had the Niners one as well, too. I should. I'll be prefaced with that. But if you win this game on Christmas, you practically have the number one spot in the NFC. Mm-hmm. A game against the Commanders should not be a tough one to win. And then at that point, you have it locked up. You won't have to worry about the Rams game. So put all your all your marbles into this Ravens game. Go get the victory there. And then you know rest up in Week 19 before you have to play Week 20. But the Niners look good. I mean, they put up their highest point total of the season. They did allow 29 points, but most of that was kind of in, in garbage time scenario. So I like what they're doing. And, you know, another big game from Brock Purdy and company. The well-oiled machine. Yep. Moving on to the MVP talk, Skyler. Anybody outside of your top five that you want to mention? We got some guys here. Uh, TJ Watt, uh, two more sacks. A ridiculous season. I just think at this point in the season, he's going to have to hit that that sack record mark again if he's going to win the MVP. So I'm not even going to use a, a spot on him. And then some more quarterbacks who have been great and they're going to get a lot of votes. That's Lamar Jackson, Tua, Josh Allen. Yeah. I don't have any honorable mentions, but I have two guys at five. The first of which is Raheem Mostert, former Niner, has 20 touchdowns on the season. I felt like it's finally time to really throw him into this conversation, even though you won't win. I think I got to throw him his flowers for one of these weeks. And then the other guy I have at five is Brock Purdy. Leads the league in touchdown passes. Has been amazing. Just me and Skyler on the CMC train over Brock Purdy. So yeah. not a shot on Brock. Yeah, I know he's been good. But you're not lying when you say that he's given a lot of stuff in this offense. Yeah. He's doing the most with it. So pretty at five. So uh, my five spot, it's going to be another guy who's done a lot with not a lot around him here. That's Patrick Mahomes. Um, there's a lot of time left, Kyle. 
There's a lot of time for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. And, the, you know, Dak and Purdy have been one and two in most of the, the quarterback stats this year. Mahomes is right behind those dudes. There's a lot of time to catch up in a wide open race. Yeah. My number four is going to be the sack leader in the NFL right now, TJ Watt. He finally makes his way back on my list. couple, you know, big game this yeah. past week. And uh, even though they lost, it's, it is what it is at this point with that offense. There's not much TJ Watt can do because he's pretty much single-handedly putting the Steelers in the playoff race. It's one of the worst offenses that we've seen in the league right now, which we'll actually talk about later on in the, the show. But uh, <laughs> TJ Watt, he's been great. So he gets the four spot for me. Had to shout out the defensive player. Yeah, I I get it. That's why I I shouted him out, but he's not on the list, unfortunately. But we we still have Tyreek here at the four spot for me. A ridiculous season. The thing is, though, he was relying on 2,000 yards because receivers aren't valued as high for this award. Uh, I counted it out. He's going to need 153 per game to finish out the year to get to 2,000. That, to me, seems like the only way he's going to win MVP. Yeah. Tyreek is off my list. Uh, I just wanted to say that as well, because once you miss a game in a spot where you have to be absolutely perfect, it's really hard to come back. And I think that does it for Tyreek Hill, unfortunately, but we'll see. Still an amazing season. Still going to win the wide receiver, you know, crown this season. The Belenikoff. (laughs) (laughs) The NFL Belenikoff. But, uh, I mean, shout out Tyreek. That's for sure. I definitely should have mentioned him in my honorable mentions. But my number three guy moving on, it's going to be Lamar Jackson. And the reason for him being on this list for the first time for me is when you compare Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson, the two quarterbacks leading the teams with the best records in each of the conferences so far in the NFL this season, Lamar has more impact on his team than one Brock Purdy does. And if you're going to put Purdy on this list, Lamar Jackson has to be above him. And I mean, Lamar's having his best passing season of his career. His rush, you know, running has been a bit different. He's not running as downhill as explosive plays, but he's controlling the ball. He's got 23 total touchdowns on the season or 22 total touchdowns on the season. My bad. And he's, I mean, he's been great. So <laughs> Lamar Jackson Head of the 11 and three Baltimore Ravens, number one seed in the AFC is my third place in the AFC or in the uh, MVP. So I, I do have Brock Purdy above Mahomes, above Lamar Jackson, above Tua and all the Dolphins guys. And, and I get it not being the best player on his team, not having the most impact uh, keeps him down a little bit, but when you're looking at the numbers, it's it's number one or number two and literally everything. When I'm watching him, this is like a completely different guy that I watched at Iowa State. It's it, honestly, it's it's pretty ridiculous how fast they turn this guy into a good quarterback. I I don't care if he's a game manager. Why can't uh, Baker Mayfield put up the same numbers? Boy, well, did last week. Let's I know, I know, but over over <laughs> seventeen games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Uh, and had to get like, Baker's like flowers heard. there. We all love Baker. Um, but, but I guess my point is, as of right now, Brock Purdy, I, I, I'm going to value a little higher. But it's still open. Open season. Yeah. Moving on to number two, the runner-up for me. I'm putting Dak Prescott here. Rough game against the Bills. But it's a hiccup. It's one bad game. Mm-hmm. One bad game that he's have, had over the span of three months. 
and it was in one of the most, you know, unique scenes in NFL football playing in Buffalo in December. So I'm going to give Dak a bye on it. I know that's probably not something I should do, but with how ridiculous he's been in the weeks prior, I think he has played himself to allow himself a bad game. Yeah. So that's my number two. Yeah, absolutely. Dak is also my number two. It was a nightmare in Buffalo. Uh, absolutely. But it could have been worse statistically. It's we've we've been talking about the hiccups all season long. Um, he's he's 100 still alive for the MVP. I, I think. <laughs> just look at Jalen Hurts, man. He's done some unforgivable shit this season, and it, Dak has not been anywhere near that. It's like they've uh, swapped bodies the past eight weeks, and Dak is is the guy who belongs up here, up top for the quarterbacks. Yeah. My number one, and Skyler's number one most likely as well, yeah. too, is going to be Christian McCaffrey with 20 total touchdowns on the season, 13 on the ground, seven in the air, over 500 receiving yards, which is third in his or fourth uh, in a season for him. But with how this offense is, it kind of warrants it to be that way. But he's running the ball as well as well as he's ever had in his career. He's going to break his single season rushing record at 1,400 yards, probably next week, honestly. And he's probably going to have 25 touchdowns when the season's all said and done. And then that's, you know, LT numbers. So shout out CMC. He's my MVP through 15 weeks at this point. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you, man. Christian McCaffrey, actually the first time I've had him at number one this season. Um, but he's finally convinced me after those three touchdowns against Arizona. Most important player on the NFL's best team. Like you said, man, 20 touchdowns, 1,800 from scrimmage. And, uh, you know, Sean Alexander, LaDainian Tomlinson, however you want to spin it, uh, even Derrick Henry. Those are the guys who have deserved MVPs at the running back position. He's the MVP right now. Yeah. That'll do it for our AFC, NFC, and MVP top fives. We'll head on into a fun one now. The hypotheticals that we got, we have eight different scenarios for you. And let me just run you through an example with the first one. So we have if Justin Fields was the quarterback of the Eagles this season. So we're not changing anything about the team. We're just changing, you know, Fields for Hurts. That's all it is. Uh, and if that team plays the team that her, the current quarterback is on, yeah. I kind of just said, fuck it. I don't know what to do with this. And usually just kept the game the exact same. So. That's how I did it with that. I'm not going to do, you know, Mahomes playing against Mahomes or something like that, which would be fun to watch. But <laughs> regardless, the first one is if Justin Fields was on the Eagles. Skyler, how do you think it goes with Fields being on Philly? I have Philly at eight and six with Justin Fields. Um, obviously, 10 wins is what they have right now. In reality, he has very similar numbers to Jalen Hurts this season, uh, again, despite missing time. I'm going to say they lose to Washington, one of those uh, those crazy games they played against Washington. They had two of them, and they're going to get swept by Dallas without Hurts. Those are the two games. Yeah, I have the Eagles at 7-7 seven and seven with Fields. I think that losing streak that they're on right now gets amplified a little bit with losses mm. against Kansas City and Buffalo and Dallas before that as well, too. I have them winning yesterday's game. I think in that scenario, Justin Fields plays a little bit better than what uh, Hertz does as far as the throws that he was making and the plays that were being called. 
Uh, and then the other game that I have changed is that they lose to the Rams in week five instead of beating them 23 to 14. I think young quarterback as inexperienced as fields is struggles against the Rams defense and uh, leads the Eagles being seven and seven. So I think, I mean, hurts pretty valuable. That one play yeah. alone, the tush push is pretty damn good. So seven and seven for fields and the Eagles. Next one that we got hurts my heart. Skyler it's if Derek Carr was on the Raiders this year and the quarterback for the team, you know, 10 years prior made the move to new Orleans this past season with Josh McDaniels at the helm for the Raiders. Obviously that has all shaken up completely now at this point, yeah. but Skyler, how do you think it goes if Carr was still in Las Vegas? So I, I'm going to have this also eight and six. I it's, it's a little weird with the coaching change halfway through, but I, I just try to just look at the numbers specifically, obviously that three to nothing game against Minnesota. It's not going to be a loss. And I think they went at Miami AOC through three picks and a seven point loss. Um, they should have had that one, man. So eight and six right in the middle of the hunt. It would have been cool. Yeah. I have cars Raiders at nine and five and the games I have changed are Steelers game in week three. That was a loss. I think car gets that W I still have them losing to the Chargers the next week, which was the first game AOC started still have them losing to the bears. Uh, Cause that's just a typical East coast cold weather game that car loses. I do have us winning against the lions as a game where the lions couldn't really move the ball until later in the game. And the Raiders just got the ball and turned it over like three straight times in that game. I think car does enough in that one to get it to dub other games that I have different. I have the Miami game is a victory. Like you said, AOC threw three picks in that game. I think car does enough in that one. Kansas city still lost. And as a typical Derek Carr, terrible loss later in the season. I have us still losing to Minnesota because that just happens with DC. But a nine and five season, not too bad. Exactly where I wish we were right now. Next one, a team that has you know pretty solid play at every other position besides the quarterback spot this season. It's the Colts, and we're giving them a star in Justin Herbert. Skyler, how do you think it goes with Herbo in Indy? I got the Colts going 10 and four with Herbert, you know, Minshew's been pretty good this year, but he can't really take over a game like Herbert has with the chargers with a, you know, similar amount of weapons who don't know exactly what they're doing. Uh, lots of one possession games are going to go the other way. I, I didn't even pick out the uh, specific ones because with a consistent quarterback, again, Herbert's not going to throw multiple games or multiple three pick games that are one possessions. It's just not going to happen. We're going to flip, two of them over say the other direction yeah i have the colts going 10 and 4 as well too with herbert uh the games i changed i had an l go to a w in week six at jacksonville as a game they lost 37 to 20 i had two weeks later against the saints a w or an l go to a w as a game that they just couldn't stop the saints offense for some reason i think herbert would stay in that shootout and then I have the, I don't know, those are the only two, 10 and four. So yeah, the Colts team that's finding a way to win games right now would find a way to win a couple more with, with a great quarterback. Next up is also another fun one. If Jimmy Garoppolo was quarterback of the 49ers this year, Skyler, how do you think this plays out? So I have 
the Niners only dropping one game here. Also 10 and four. San Francisco hasn't played very many close games this year. Uh, Jimmy would have had to really fuck things up to outright lose many more games. So uh, similar strategy to what you said earlier. Let's say Jimmy struggles at SoFi against the Rams early in the season and they have their normal midseason bluff. And uh, when you're winning 42 to 10, there's not much Jimmy could do to change that. No. So it's I, I couldn't change too much. Yeah. I still have the team at 11 and three, but I did have a flip flop of a couple games. The Minnesota game Monday night, uh, about half a season ago, which Brock pretty threw a couple late picks in that game. I think Garoppolo doesn't get to that situation. I think they probably win the ball more with Garoppolo and it doesn't end up being a problem. Uh, but I do have them losing to Seattle last week. Uh, Cause that was a game that the offense was shockingly not explosive as much as what we usually see and I think a couple of throws that Brock Purdy made in that game were throws that Jimmy G definitely does not make. So I have still 11 and three, just a couple shift arounds in the games. Moving on to our back half here. This one's an interesting one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes goes to the New England Patriots. Skyler, how do you think this plays out? I have the Patriots at seven and seven with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe a bit of a shocker here, but this is a terrible team. They don't have offensive coaches. Mahomes would keep them alive until they played the Bills and the Jets at the end of the season, but I, it's hard to say they're going to be much better than 500 with how the season has looked so far. You're going to be shocked here, Skyler. I have them going 10-4 and four if Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback. The games that I have that are switched, I have a game that they lose – to the Saints, 34 to nothing, they win because they can't, it just doesn't get that bad with that offense, and that's what ruined them in that game. Week two against the Dolphins, they lose 24 to 17. Mahomes getting seven points in that game, that's for sure. Yeah. Next up that I have changed, I have a game that they lost to the Raiders. They win with Mahomes. Come on, it's Mahomes versus the Raiders. The game that they win against the Bills, I have as a loss because that's just how things go. Uh, they always beat Mahomes in the regular season. Next up, uh, W against the Dolphins that they lost 31 to 17 in real life. Game against the Commanders, they win. There's no way Mahomes is you know losing a game and scoring under 20 points against that defense, regardless of who's his you know guys he's throwing to and then the next three games the Colts they lost 10 to 6 the Giants they lost 10 to 7 and the Chargers they lost 6 to nothing they win all three of those games and so I have the Patriots led by Patty Mahomes at 10 and 4 and probably at the top of the AFC depending on how Baltimore plays yeah, I, I can't argue that by the way I just <laughs> I just didn't want to go there <laughs> <laughs> Next up, a good young quarterback takes the spot of a questionable young quarterback. If Jordan Love was the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I have them staying the exact same, seven and seven. Uh, it's another team that's just been really bad all around outside of a couple players on defense. And I don't think a technically redshirt freshman quarterback is going to be able to save them. There's a reason Pittsburgh's contemplating letting go of Mike Tomlin and starting the rebuild, even though they're right there in the hunt. And uh, I, just a couple flip-flops, I guess. You know, maybe maybe you lose to to Pittsburgh. Sorry, you lose to Tennessee. They are Pittsburgh. But then you beat the Browns. 
because you score more than seven points in a seven to 10 loss. Uh, just stuff like that. You know how it goes. Yeah. Uh, I have them going nine and five. So two game, you know, bump over their seven and seven record right now. The two games that I have changed is a loss against Jacksonville. I do remember that game is really rainy. I think love makes a couple plays in that game more than what Kenny Pickett does. And then the loss at the Browns three, four weeks ago was a 13 to 10 game. They put up, you know, 17 points in that game with Jordan Love. I think that's uh, the one I'm referring to. So yeah. nine and five, I still have a lot of the same, you know, outcomes in most of these games, but I think they're a bit better with Jordan Love. And it shows with how, you know, shit Kenny Pickett is. Next up, Gunslinger for Gunslinger. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier with, you know, Baker Mayfield and Dak Prescott. But Dak goes to the Bucks in this scenario, Scatter. How does this play out? So I got Tampa nine and five in this scenario. The offense has been electric these past couple of weeks. And we know Dak has a lot of say in the offense of Dallas right now. I feel like this would be very similar to when Brady was there the last couple of years, throwing 60 times a game. And I would flip some of the AFC games they lost, like uh, beating Buffalo, beating Houston, uh, that sort of thing. Because in the NFC, they've, they've taken care of business this year with Baker. Yeah, uh, I have them going 10 and 4. So a, a bit of a jump over that 7 and 7 record that they have right now. The games that I have flipped is 16 to 13 loss against the Falcons. That game, they definitely win. There's no way that that team only scores 13 points against Atlanta. I have them winning the crazy game against the Texans that we saw in midseason yeah. 39 to 37. I think it's probably 40 to 39 or whatever it is, but. I think the Bucks would win that game. And then the other games I have switched, the loss against the Colts a few weeks ago, uh, it was a 27-20 to 20 game. I think they win, and they win the rest of the games besides that. So a 10-4 and four record is what I have with that squad, and probably definitely leading the division, uh, and probably you know right up there with the rest of the teams in the NFC. Last one that we got, Skyler. Gunslinger for a gunslinger, I guess, or teams that throw the ball a lot, but the QB play might be a bit different. Sam Howell going to the Miami Dolphins in this one. How do you think this plays out? I have Miami with Sam Howell going eight and six, dropping two games. You know, Sam Howell's biggest problem this year has been the amount of yards that they lose on sacks because of the terrible O line. So getting them into this system where they get the ball out quickly would help them a lot. It's just different not necessarily worse than Tua it's just hard to say you know the, the in Washington the only skill player that can create space consistently on passing plays has been Brian Robinson who's a power back so we'll say they lose a shootout to Herbert in week one and um I don't know there's not not a, as many other convincing games here um that they were doing with Sam Howell mm-hmm yeah, I have them going seven and seven. So a bit of a drop off from the current record at 10 and four right now. The games I have them losing is that Chargers shootout in week one. The next week against Bill Belichick in New England, I think that's a tough game, but it was already a close one. I think yeah. they, you know, Sam Howell probably turns the ball over in that game. And then I have them also losing that first game against you guys on Black Friday. I think obviously it played out a bit different, but yeah, we're hoping it's not Tim Boyle in this scenario. There's no way that we see 
Sam Howell have a that good of a game against the Jets defense, and he's going to make mistakes. We're going to see that this week when Sam Howell plays against the Jets, most likely if he's not benched, he's probably going to throw a pick or two, probably going to throw a pick six in that game. That's something that I'd probably bet money on if I really wanted to, but team isn't great. Sam Howell's going to sling the ball. They might even have the same amount of yards on offense realistically, and the Kings might be ridiculously fun to watch because it's just going to be slinging the ball the whole time. But this team would not be good. So seven and seven is what I got with Howell being on the Dolphins. All right, let's take it to halftime. All right, welcome into halftime. We got some uh, extra good stuff to talk about here that otherwise wouldn't get to. So gets thrown into halftime. And Kyle, I'm going to be rambling, so you jump in and interrupt me whenever you want. They're good. Uh, if you hear anything crazy. So we'll start off with uh, the transfer portal, college football. Things are heating up, and uh, I want to talk about the quarterbacks because they are going all over the place, not as expected. Start off with Dante Moore, the five-star from UCLA. He is headed to Oregon to sit behind Dylan Gabriel for a year. Interesting. He probably could have gone to an Ohio State to start for sure. And uh, Maybe he uh, beats out Dylan Gabriel. How about that? That'd be crazy too. That'd be, and then he's got the starter role for two years. That'd be respect, man. That'd be respect. Uh, I talked to Brad about this earlier. He said it's basically like Ty Thompson never left. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So interesting there. We'll keep an eye on Oregon. They're building up for their Big Ten arrival. Um, the next one we got, technically not a transfer. It's the number one quarterback in this year's class, Dylan Rayola. He's switching from Georgia to Nebraska now. This is the best recruit Nebraska's ever had. I imagine he will start right away, and that's why Kyle McCord didn't end up coming. Um, So speaking of Kyle McCord, he's now going from Ohio State to Syracuse. They're not going to win a lot of games, but you could tell he just wanted a place where he knew he would start with no competition, Uh, most likely entering the draft after this season with Syracuse. So we'll see if he can put up some numbers. Some guys have done it before. The next guy, yeah. In a dome? (laughs) The orange dome. So there is that. Yeah, that's a play now. So I guess there's that. Yeah, I guess I didn't uh, think about that. They're pretty uh, pretty north Mm -hmm. when you're looking at the map. (laughs) All right, well, good luck to Colin McCord, man. Uh, He doesn't have his high school teammate Marvin with him anymore, so we'll see what happens. Uh, The next quarterback, though, in the portal, Cam Ward. We've talked about a little bit from Washington State. There were rumors of Ohio State the last time we were talking about him. Now he's leaning towards Miami. There's a long history of of Miami stealing away Ohio State transfers, so that'd be pretty funny if this one goes that way too. Um, And, you know, many people view Cam Ward as uh, better of the quarterbacks in the portal. Uh, One more guy who we have talked about before here, it's DJU from Oregon State. Nothing's really changed. He had a meeting with Florida State before we talked last week. And no other rumors, so uh, that that one's looking pretty locked in. Florida State taking over for a pretty good team. Um, three new additions this week to the portal. First of all, Malik Murphy, Texas' is backup quarterback. Quinn Ewers is coming back. Arch Manning likely improving every single day, so he got up out of there. No rumors yet. Just hit the portal yesterday. Another guy who just hit the portal, that's Malachi Nelson from USC. Former five-star freshman. Hitting the portal because USC is 100% locked in on somebody else from the portal. And the last guy we'll be talking about is Will Howard from Kansas State. USC is looking for that veteran 
experience in the power five. Will Howard's six, five, really strong arm, put up crazy numbers in the big 12. So, you know, Lincoln Riley should make this work somehow. Anyways, those are the notable quarterbacks from the portal. Uh, of course, we got other dudes coming, but uh, signing day is coming up here, I believe, tomorrow. So next week, we'll have much more more guys to debate about. Um, so how about we get into a little mock draft? Did one the other day. Um, the orders really changed from two, three weeks ago, the last time we talked about this. Uh, so I'll, I'll go through the top 10 and some notables. And uh, I didn't do trades, so don't get mad at me. I didn't exactly put the Raiders in a perfect spot here after their blowout win. So I apologize. But again, interrupt me whenever you want. So here we go. Number one, Chicago. They're going to take Caleb Williams, dude. I personally would probably keep Justin Fields. But when there's a guy like this available, you got to go for it, man. You got to do it. The defense looks good. Go get a different quarterback. Anyways, so are the Patriots here at number two with Drake May. Um, It should be a pretty easy pick for New England here unless they shock the world, maybe trade down. Maybe keep Bill. That'd be weird. Uh, you know, Bill to Washington rumors have been going on, but that's for another day. <laughs> Number three, Arizona. I, I don't care what they're saying, man. Marvin Harrison Jr. at the three spot. I've had Kool-Aid here before because there are rumors of uh, the receivers slipping in the draft, but these guys are so good. It's not going to happen. You know, maybe There's no way Marvin Harrison falls to late. I saw something no on way. Twitter saying that he's going to fall outside of the top 10. Yeah. There's no way in hell Marvin Harrison isn't, you know, a single digit pick in this draft. And a high single digit pick. I'm with you there, man. And uh, Arizona could could use all the help they can get on offense. Um number four, though, Washington. A lot of question marks here. So they're just gonna take the left tackle, Olu Fashanu, um, the most sacks in the league. You gotta fix that shit. And number five here, Chicago. Um, you know, lots of people like O line. Some people like uh, maybe best player available. I'm just going Malik Neighbors, man. If you're going to do it, then then do it. You got Caleb Williams. Go get. Some people think this guy's even better than Marvin. I'm not willing to go there, but um, for his specific role, that deep threat, Malik Neighbors has been the best in college football. Number six, my Jets. Um, luckily for us, Joe Alt, left tackle uh, from Notre Dame, is falling here. If he's not there, I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, because this is the last of the elite tackles and that's what we need. Maybe number seven, the giants, um, I'm taking Brock Bowers. I'm not a hundred percent confident in this. I just, I don't think it's going to be quarterback. And again, maybe they take Joe Ald if he's there, but he's not, he's not going to be there at seven. They don't necessarily need the tight end, but he's a, he's a great offensive player and their offense is garbage. Um, number seven, the Chargers. You may not want to hear it, but uh, it's time for uh, a little rebuilding, a little rebranding. So let's get Kool-Aid McKinstry, one of the best defensive players in the class in there. Number nine, the Titans. Um, I've had receiver here in the past, but I'm actually going to go with a tackle. Tyler Guyton, Oklahoma. He's ranked in the 50s. But I have a feeling, man, after we see him at the Senior Bowl in the Combine, He's going to rise up the boards, um, the six seven athletic freak. It happens every year. Every year you get yourself a Mackay back then who ends up going in the top 10. Uh, number 10, here it is. Unfortunately for you, Kyle, Atlanta will be keeping Jaden Daniels in the South. Um, with the no trades, it just seems like the perfect fit for him. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, bud. But at number 12, I gave you guys uh, the best man coverage corner in the draft, Nate Wiggins from Clemson. It's always a need, right? Just released a corner the other day. Of course. Of course. 
I guess we will look for some notables here. Pittsburgh, we talked about their offense today. They're going to pick up Roma Dunze from Washington, the receiver. Pickens maybe leaving for Kansas City, maybe leaving for a bag from Carolina. We'll see. Um, Keon Coleman to Buffalo for similar reasons. They haven't really found that wide receiver too, uh, even though he, you know, it's technically a tight end. But Gabe Davis every two four games is the wide receiver too, but. Other than that, he just he gets shut out. So, next pick though, Tampa Bay. I'm gonna have them taking JJ McCarthy sitting for a year because they got to bring Baker back, right? They got to, especially if they make the playoffs. Um, we'll go down a little bit. Uh, Kansas City needs a receiver. AD Mitchell from Texas is a big body. Maybe get MBS out of there, replace him with this guy. And Cooper DeGene to Dallas. Secondary is. I mean, it's good, but it's really questionable. And this guy can kind of play every single position in the secondary. So that'd be cool. And we got the Rams uh, at 32. Again, this is my one trade. I just put it in the notes because I couldn't actually get the trades to go. Michael Panix Jr., 32 to the Rams. The Baltimore pick getting traded. Uh, Baltimore took Lamar at 32. They're going to do a similar thing here, helping out a team come up. And there it is, man. Uh, obviously, things are going to change a whole lot. There's, you know, about five different players every single week that are like, wait, should this guy go in the first round? Let's throw him in there. And then guys get lost in the jumble. Um, but it's it's just a fun exercise to talk about, man. Do you yeah. want the needs or do you want the value? It's true. I also saw, I mean, I don't know you're familiar with the website Tankathon, something yeah. that you check every game, you know, mm-hmm. on Sunday to see where the team's at. And they also have their mock drafts. I was looking at the one that they have today. Man, this would be like a dream scenario that I'd be really okay with as a yeah. Raider fan. Obviously, you know, they have the quarterbacks going. Uh, they have the Bears taking uh, Williams, Patriots taking Drake May, and the Giants taking Jaden Daniels. Raiders at 12 somehow kick Kool-Aid McKinstry, which would be something I'd absolutely yeah. love. The other two quarterbacks that they have that going in the first is J.J. McCarthy to the Bucks. Bo Nix to the Vikings. Come the second round, there's another quarterback still sitting there, and they have the Raiders taking Michael Penix. That'd be cool. So if we were able to not trade and get those two dudes, I'd be down. Obviously, yeah. this is like an auto-generated mock draft from what yeah, they have on Based TV. on your number one need, not, yeah, not it, anything to do with the money. Yeah. And, and it's pretty far off, but it'd be it'd be a cool scenario. So yeah. that's just what I had to say there. But before we get into our bets, we're going over the MLB free agency and the stuff that we've had happen since our last episode. Same day that we made an episode, I think we talked about Seth Lugo and Jung-Hoo Lee signing their contracts with the Royals and the Giants. There was another move that day that we didn't get to. That's Rowdy Tellez signing a $3.2 million deal with the Pirates. We're going to see the Pirates come up a few times in this, which is actually pretty cool to see. Next move, December 13th or December 14th, actually, the Brewers received right-handed reliever Taylor Clark from the Royals for a couple minor leaguers. Taylor Clark, nothing too crazy. Solid bullpen arm to have in your, you know, bullpen, I guess. Easier than trying to find someone in free agency, yeah. Exactly. So good job on the Brewers there. Contract for the next one is Tyler Molly. Going to the Texas Rangers on a two-year, $22 million deal. Jordan Montgomery probably going to be out of Texas's range, so they go ahead and, and nab a guy who doesn't have the most attention in the free market and go ahead and get Tyler Malley. The next one, Jack Flaherty, one-year, $14 million deal with 
Texas or not the Texas Rangers, the Tigers. Big kind Bears. of a similar deal to what I expected as far as money goes, but I did not have him going to Detroit. I had him going to LA originally. So Tigers go ahead and nab a guy on a rotation that now has Kenta Maeda, Jack Flaherty, Tariq Skubal, Casey Mize, hopefully if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reese Olsen was good. Matt Manning. They got some guys over there in Detroit, and it's something that you know I'm paying attention to, of course. Even Rotation in by committee. The middle of December, like I always do. Yeah. We did get a blockbuster, though, on December 14th, and that was the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays agreeing on a deal that sent Tyler Glasnow and Manuel Margot to the Dodgers for Ryan Pepioit. And Johnny DeLuca glass now also agreed to an extension. I believe it was five years, $130 million, $35 million maybe with the Dodgers. So a change of markets going from the Rays that doesn't spend money to going to the Dodgers the next day and having a whole bunch more money in your bank account. Shout out Tyler glass. Now good for him when healthy, one of the best arms in the league, December 15th, we did get to see the Royals continue their spending, and that's with Michael Rocca signing a two-year, $32 million deal. Great signing by the Royals, in my opinion. Getting some arms for you know a team that kind of also has a couple couple arms. Cole Reagans came out of nowhere to be probably the best lefty in all of baseball last year. Brady Singer didn't have a great year, but still a guy that we can see blossom into a solid starter now with Seth Lugo and Michael Watkin. That rotation looks to be a solid group over there in Central. We also got Martin Perez going to the Pirates. That was a move that we saw. And then I let me pull up Passens thing because I, mm. for some reason, my thing isn't loading right now. Because and I know there was a few <laughs> other things. Uh, Jeter Downs got claimed by the Yankees, so Jeter goes to the Yankees, which is kind of interesting to see there. Tom Murphy, two-year, $8 million deal with the Giants. This is just like uh, Patrick Bailey backup, you know, start every couple of games. Small reliever move where the Orioles got Jonathan Heasley from the Royals. Heasley throws hard, but nothing too crazy with his stuff. And so small move there. And Lourdes Gurriel goes back to the Diamondbacks on a three-year, $42 million deal there. That was an interesting one because I thought it was kind of agreed upon that they weren't going to go back. But, oh, well, they did it. That's why I thought Uh, it was the other Gurriel at first. (laughs) (laughs) But that's pretty much where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. A's actually did make a move, though. Trevor got got him. He's he's okay. He had an okay season last year with the Mets and – the Mariners, I think he was waived in the middle of the season. But it's just that that Giants A series is a big black eye on him for me still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Giving up game winning home runs in back to back games 2020. That was a fun one. But uh yeah, we're kind of in the stalemate right now. We're still <laughs> Yamamoto sweepstakes. There's been a lot of stories in that uh going on right now there's a feud between giants fans and dodgers fans based off of jung ho lee's and shohei otani's dogs because we saw decoy shohei otani's dog be you know the dog of the internet or at least of the baseball world this past week and then the giants made this whole post of cow who is jung ho lee's dog and i said there's a rivalry between the dogs you never know what's going on in the baseball world especially with those two teams and their made-up rivalry uh that's going to do it for our MLB reactions right now. We will see y'all next week for that. And hopefully the Yamamoto 
sweepstakes is over. Yeah. He's probably going to go to New York somewhere. Yeah, it's so. not Boston anymore. We know that. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to our layups and bull predictions. Man, oh man, I had a rough one here. I said last week that I had six straight layups going on. It was over within the first quarter and a half. I had the under in the Raider Charger game. That obviously did not hit because there was 84 points in that game. Skyler had Buffalo minus three and a half versus Dallas. Great pick by Skyler. Obviously won by quite yeah. a bit wide margin there. This week, I'm piggybacking off of that Buffalo pick for Skyler. And I take Buffalo minus 11 against the Chargers. This is Easton Stick starting. Buffalo's defense looked amazing last week. Chargers defense did not look like they gave a shit last week. And I think that's exactly what we're going to see again against Buffalo this week. Minus 11. It's really sad when you get to that point. We're heading there in the Jets direction, even though they are, you know, top five and every category. They don't give a shit anymore. But anyways, I'm not going in that direction with my layup. Uh, we'll stick with the football covering here. Tampa Bay minus one pick em game at home against Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is concussed. I imagine he's still in concussion protocol. I haven't looked at any Jaguars news today, but um, I don't expect him to play. It's fine. No. Bold predictions. I had Dallas over Buffalo. I'll just move on to the next one. Yeah. Skyler had Cal over Texas Tech. They got smacked. <laughs> and it did not happen. So rough week for, in total for us on picks, but that happens sometimes. Bold prediction this week is something I can't do anymore because we just recently got the news that CJ Stroud is most likely going to be out for a second game. I did have Cleveland over Houston when it was a Houston two and a half spread. It's now Cleveland minus two. So four and a half point spread since I wrote this down probably two, three hours ago. So I'm yeah. just going blank pick this week. No, I was going to no say congratulations prediction. on getting it down before, but it, I, yeah, it's, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, similar strategy with my game here. I'm going with the uh, – actually, let, let me double-check. Is Indy at home this week? Indy is not at home. It's in Atlanta. Okay, so I was right. We're going with the team that's hot on the road beating the team who's not. Indianapolis over Atlanta. I mean, dude, Arthur Smith is out of his mind right now. Bijan Robinson isn't going. Kyle Pitts isn't going anymore. Desmond Ritter sucks. Indy should win. Yeah, rough loss against the Panthers this past week. Yeah. And that's exactly why when we did Are They Dead, you know, four or five weeks ago, I ruled them out even when they had the divisional lead because that team sucks. Tampa Bay is looking good. The Saints look a lot better than what uh, the Falcons do right now. And we'll see the Saints on Thursday night against the Rams in a game that means a lot for playoff implications for both those teams. Oh, yeah. But that's going to do it. For episode 171, Skyler, anything else you got to say? Um, bowl games this weekend, as usual. Nothing I'm going to shout out because, uh, you know, uh, there's some far out there teams and schools. So I uh, won't mention. But if you want to watch the number 32 offense against the number 32 defense, Jets Washington, baby. We'll see you next week. You guys are going to kill them. Watch. That'd be cool. Go Raiders. Christmas morning. Probably going to lose the Chiefs, but you never know what's going to happen. Put on a show for us. It'll be all good. <laughs>